to share this morning and also to thank the leadership of the house. I see Mama here. Mama, I salute you. My own father is here, Dofreje, I salute you. And the presiding elder, I want to say that uh, the opportunity given to me to share the word this morning, I take it to be a belief in the young people in this church. And I know that all the young people here, you are looking for an opportunity one way or the other in the church to do something. If I have been given an opportunity, look, you will also be given an opportunity very soon. Can you clap onto Jesus? Hallelujah. I want you to give somebody, about three people, a high five and tell them God is about to do something. He has you on his mind. God is about to do something. And he's got you on his mind. God has you on his mind. God has you on his mind. God has you on his mind. Please can we pray, Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, our Lord and Master, our soon coming King, we thank you this morning. We pray that your word may have a free course. We release the atmosphere from any form of confusion and any form of misinterpretation in the name of Jesus Christ, that your word may penetrate through the barriers and go into deeply our hearts to make impact in our life in the name of Jesus. Amen. This morning I'm speaking on a topic I am entitled A Heart for God. A Heart for God. A Heart for God. A Heart for God. Those of you who are writing, I have a lot of notes, so you have to take your pen. We will speed up because I want to speed up so that we can pray. I have come to pray this morning. It's been a long time we prayed on Sunday mornings when you were sweating in prayer on Sunday mornings. You see, you look cute. So on Sunday morning, you don't sweat. But this morning, tell somebody you will sweat. Hallelujah. A heart for God. Genesis chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17. Reading from the verse 1 to 3. Genesis chapter 17. Give me the New King James Version. Genesis chapter 17. The New King James Version. Genesis chapter 17. Please take your Bibles. I know we have Bibles. If they are not giving it to us, we read from our Bible. And when Abram was 90 years and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am. Okay, that's okay. I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. This is a man who has attained 99 years, and God appearing to him. Telling him, walk before me. What was God looking for? He was looking for fellowship. God was looking for fellowship. God was looking for fellowship. Verse 2. Jump to verse 2. And I will make my covenant between me and you. And will multiply you exceedingly. Verse 3. Then Abraham fell on his face. And God talked with him. God talked with him. Sometimes when we say that... Uh, God speaks to us. Some people think that is a cliche. But it's true. God speaks to us. And I can attest the fact that I hear the voice of God. God speaks to us. So he spoke to Abraham. But in that little verses that we have just read, there are three serious things there. The Bible said God told Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. What does it mean? Fellowship. So in our walk with God, we have three things. The first one, 
is the fellowship stage. And the fellowship stage, I said, it is for recent converts. When you get born again, you see, you are so much in love with Jesus. And you are so much dying for Jesus. And you are singing about Jesus. You are in love with him. It's a fellowship state. In fact, you must not remain at that state because that state is for children. In the house of God, that is for children. And that same state is where you desire to be with Jesus all the time. You desire to be with Jesus all the time. The, the other thing is that you come to a point where you hear the voice of God at the fellowship state. You hear the voice of God. You hear it clearly. Remember when you got born again freshly. Remember. Remember. You could hear. You could sense that God is asking me to move somewhere. And that stage is a fellowship stage. As a matter of fact, it is not a stage that you are supposed to dwell there as, as a child of God for even one year. It's a fellowship stage. And I've said that that stage is where you want to always be in the house of God. Always want to be in the house of God. Remember, when you got born again, your small Bible is with you. Always you want to be in the house of God. You have no friends, no status, nothing. You always want to be in the house of God. You want to have fellowship. You want to hear his voice. You want to, you want to, you want to have his presence all the time. It's a fellowship stage. If there is anybody here who is still at the fellowship stage, may I submit to you that it's for the children of God. Can you move from that stage? Now go to verse 2. Verse 2 says, and I will make my covenant with you. That is the second stage. That second stage we have entitled it partnership. At that point you are in partnership with God. There is an agenda. There is something that you, are, you guys are supposed to do. God has told you something in your own closet. And you are in partnership with him. T.L. Osborne. He said when we get in partnership with God, we give him our body. And God gives us his spirit. So there is an exchange, there is an agreement between you and God. If you are here and you don't have any partnership with God, there is nothing you are doing for God. God is not part of your move. Then you are the baby stage. Ask somebody, are you at the baby stage? So we've got into the partnership stage and the partnership stage is where you are giving specific assignment. Specific assignment. And that is why it is very dangerous for anybody who has ever had an assignment from God to drop it. It's very dangerous. Maybe you are given an assignment to always ensure that the young ladies in the church are being counseled. And you are being attended to. The young guys in the church are always being attended to and mentored. And then you leave it. You breach the contract. You broke it. And God is sitting there watching. You are always praying for breakthrough. But you have broke the contract. It doesn't work anymore. Many of us are related to that. We started well. And we were given something to do. For the body of Christ. But we have left it. And we are now craving for things that are supposed to follow us. Oh may God have mercy. Let's go to the same stage. The partnership stage. I said at this stage. That you become a co-worker with God. You see you get out of your room. And the, the agenda is set. You are co-worker. By the time you step into any company, you know why God brought you there. You know why you are there. Everything is drawn. The line is clear to you. You have become a co-worker. 
You are gathering people. You are bringing people together. You are going out. You are winning souls. You are bringing them in. You are nurturing people. You are a partner in the kingdom of God. That is why I said the fellowship stage is for children. You see this stage? This partnership stage is a stage where you become a friend of God. Abraham was a friend of God. The guy was a deep friend of God. Deep friend of God. God told him, God take your young boy Isaac and sacrifice him for him. Never told the wife. Never told the wife. So close to God. Woke up in the morning and told Isaac, we are going to the mountain, we are going to worship God and come back. But the information is go and kill him. But Abraham, a friend of God, how many of us here are friends of God? When you see some of us so mad, it's not because we don't have anything doing. We have found a place in Christ. We have become friends of God. We are in partnership with an agenda. I know I may not be here for the rest of, for the whole of my life. I know. Maybe some years to come I may live here or something. But as long as I am here, I am in partnership with God. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. But when I'm gone, as long as I'm gone, you are the light of the world. You must begin to become a light in this place. Hallelujah. In the partnership, said we said it is where you can be sent by God at any time. You can be sent by God at any time. You can be sent by God at any time. You see, when church is looking to, for you to be sent and church cannot find you, it will be difficult for God to send you. Because the sending of church is normal, is physical. It does not add any value. But when God sends you, sometimes it can take away your life. So if you cannot be sent by the presiding elder or the leadership of the church to a conference somewhere, to anywhere, to represent the church, you cannot. You don't have time. You don't have time. Then look, God cannot send you. He cannot send you. Praise the Lord. So you can be sent at any time, any time. Anytime, tell somebody, make yourself available. Make yourself available for the master's use. Then we get to the last, which is the apex, the peak of our work with God. And we call it the distribution level. And God said, I will multiply you. I will make you a blessing and you will become a blessing unto others. So you have gotten to a point in your Christian work where whoever you meet, you bless the person. You don't curse. Some of us have become troubles. When people meet us, then they regret of meeting us. It must not be so. You have become a distributor of the giftings of God. You have become a distributor. As you pray for people, people are imparted. Holy Ghost, come upon people. You have become a distributor. Praise the Lord. And that is the last stage. And that stage, it demands that you are dedicated, committed to the cause of God. You lose all your interests and you fall into the interests of God. At that point, listen, you hear from heaven directly. Hallelujah. Let me add two to the distribution stage. The distribution stage, we say it is a stage where you solve problems of other people. You solve problems of other people. You see, so you have to grow. All those of us, I heard some news um, I got so much disturbed. I told myself I need to keep quiet about these things. But I hear people are moving around, even in our church, to some places for prayer. <laughs> for prayer. When Paul said you are supposed to pray for other people, they are praying for you. 
if they are not praying for you, my sister, work on yourself. Tell somebody, work on yourself. Work on yourself. If they are praying for you, hey, you are supposed to be praying for other people. Jesus said, they that believe, they will lay their hands on the sick. They will lay their hands. So if you are walking from place to place and they are praying for you, you see, you are, you are, you are down. Grow up. Hallelujah. And that is the distribution stage. So at that stage, whenever they come in contact with you, they are blessed. Whenever they come in contact with you, they are changed. Whenever they come in contact with you, they think differently. Whenever they come in contact with you, they, their mindset change. If people in the church have gotten to you and have, they, they have regretted, please go back to your God and pray. Let me add one to the sta that stage and then because I want us to pray. This is the stage where you become a way to Christ. It's a stage where you become a way to Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way. Now, Jesus is no more. He's gone. So you have become the way to Christ. Through you, many will come to the kingdom. Now, listen, if you sing and people don't come to Christ, you are not singing. You are not singing. You are just exercising your voice. You have become a way to Christ. At the workplace, you are a way to Christ. Yesterday, I was going to buy, you know, I'm still a uh, single. Very soon, I'll hit the mark. Somebody pray for me. <laughs> Yesterday, I was going to buy cooking oil. Just opposite my house. I'd never spoken to the woman before. And then, I went there, the woman was in there. A lady ran to the house and said, the Osofo in this house says he wants to buy cooking oil. Ah, so when the woman came and saw me, say, Oh, Branat, are you the one? I said, Yes, why? What's the problem? My young girl said, Oh, the Osofo in this place. I was not in color. <laughs> By standing alone, she can tell who you are. You see, that level when you get there, God is with you. I want the young people in this place to desire for such a thing. You see, instead of desiring for such a thing, check it. Check the things we are desiring for. And it's so dangerous. And so finally, I would like to say that all these stages that I have mentioned, the three stages I have mentioned, you can only function effectively there when you are in love with Jesus. When you are in love with Jesus, when your heart is with God, I don't know if I'm permitted to say this, but I realize that some people came to this church not because of God, and uh, their agenda is different. Look at somebody and say, are you a suspect? <laughs> when we are in love with Jesus, our love for God is the most important thing as Christians. Our love for God, our love for God is the most important things as Christians. If you are in love with God, then you are there. Now let's read finally Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans 8 28. I have said it five times. Are you in love with Jesus? Romans 8 28. And we know. And we know. And we know. That no over there is what I want to just emphasize that the no over there means awareness. We are aware. 
As a matter of fact, some of us are aware. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. The point is that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. All things, all things, all things, all, not some things, all things work together to them that love God. Are you in love with Jesus? Then all things will work together for you. All things. Until you get off the love line, nothing can go wrong with you. I am never ever under any pressure. I am not under any pressure. I'm never. I know people are concerned about so many things. I'm never concerned about anything. I am in love with Jesus. I am in love with him. If you are in love with Jesus, all things will work together for you. So what do you get when you love Jesus? Number one, immunity from failure. The Bible said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 8, it said, love never fails. Love never fails. When you are in love with Jesus, you never fail. You can never fail. Tell somebody you can never fail. You can never fail. You can never fail. In fact, when I got to know that and I got the understanding and I caught it, I have blotted failure from my system. I can never fail. I can never fail. So you are immune from failure. No true lover of God will end up a failure. No. No true lover of Jesus will end up a failure. It's impossible. It's impossible that you are so much in love with Jesus and you failed. Never. And your health system failed. Were in love with Jesus? No. And your finances failed? No. If you are in love with Jesus, you can never fail. Check where your heart is. That is where the problem is. Check where your heart is. And that is why I find it so much strange to hear that some people leave the church on some flimsy excuses. They run from it. If people are supposed to leave the church, and attorney will bear me witness, I was the first person to have left. I am in love with Jesus. Nobody can throw me out. I am in love with God. You cannot ask me to leave. Nothing should take you out of the church. Paul said, nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. Nothing. Not persecution. Not hunger. Not poverty. Nothing. Then he said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. If you are in love with Jesus, you can never fail. Number two, immunity against satanic assaults. When you are in love with God, it's impossible that the devil will be assaulting you. You are in love with God. You are in love with God. You are in love with God. He told Moses, go tell Pharaoh that let my people go and if he won't let them go I will kill his sons God told Moses tell Pharaoh I said let my people go and let them go and serve me I love them they love me but if Pharaoh you will not let them go me I will kill your sons and the Bible said one night God told Moses cover the people with the blood I am passing through Egypt I am walking through Egypt you see, when you are in love with God, it is impossible for any witch to follow you. You become a dangerous species. Number three, a fearless life. A fearless life. When you are in love with God, you are not afraid of anything. When you are in love with God, you see, <laughs> let me say this, nothing can succeed to threaten God. Nothing. And the Bible says, like beget like. So if you are a child of God, nothing should move you. Paul said, 
I am not moved by anything. I am not moved. Nothing should catch you. Nothing should make you run into your room. When you're in love with God, you're a fearless person. Praise the Lord. And that is why if at this stage, you can't manage joblessness. You see, you are not working. You are afraid. You are afraid. Always you are afraid. All your prayers are fearful prayers. Oh God, so what is happening to me? Is there anything wrong with me? Why am I not getting a job? Oh God, you are afraid. Tell somebody, never be afraid. Be in God. Be in love with Jesus. When you are loving Jesus, so we say it's a fearless life. You are just fearless because God knows no fear. God knows no fear. Can you tell somebody for me? God knows no fear. God knows no fear. Remember, the fear of a man brings him into a snare. The fear, anything you are afraid of, you become a victim of. And the Bible said the thing that Job feared came upon him. And that is why I boldly confess that I can never be sick. If I don't do that, it will come. If I don't do it, it will come. I can never be sick. <laughs> if you are here, you, you think you can be sick, you will be sick for nothing. Now finally, how do you prove that you love God? Just three things and then we'll pray. How do you prove that you love God? Number one, time for God. Time for God. Time for God. When you have time for God, it means you love God. Alone with Jesus. How many, I read a book by Gloria Copeland and I was so much devastated in my room and I wanted to kick everything around because the woman said that the least to spend time with God, the least in a day is one hour. Hey! And I said, if the wife is saying this, what would the husband say? One hour. How many minutes do you spend with Jesus in a day? Check it. You ask yourself. You know, integrity. This morning we learned integrity. You know, assess yourself. Alone with Jesus. Some of us are so much in hurry to run to a place. Run. Run. Never have time for God. Never have time for God. You need to have time for God so that you can make the most of your life. Time for God. The Bible said there was a guy, Daniel, he prays three times a day. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. David prays three times a day. Psalm 55 verse 17. David says, I will pray morning, noon, and evening. Three times a day. How many times do you pray in a day? As a child of God, how many times? You don't have time for God. You see, even when you come home and your wife needs your attention, you are still on the computer. If your wife can't even get your attention, how much more, how much more God? And I'm talking to those who are married. Those who are not married, you are not part of it. Because for you, if you spend time on your girlfriend and God, you there. Love without proof is fake. And so I would like to submit to all the young ladies. All those who are telling you they love you, if they can't prove it, it's fake. No, I have not spoiled their business. Yeah. Yeah. If they can't prove it, it's fake. If you love God, prove it. Have time for him. We come to church. Just two and a half hours. Sometimes I've been complaining. My boss knows I've been complaining. When we close now, some people will spend three hours outside before they go home. But when we are delaying here, there are the people who talk about it. You don't have time for God. 
The person who says, I will appoint you. I will make a way for you. Sit down. He said, no, no, no. Let me go and talk to my friend outside. Tell somebody, have time for God. Number two, love for the house of God. 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 To prove that you love God, you must have love for his house. David says something and I would like to say it. He said that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tent of the wicked. Wow. A king. He said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to go and dwell with rich people who don't know God. Then he said in 122 verse 1, Psalm 122 verse 1, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of God. In Psalm 23, he said, oh, goodness and mercy shall follow me and I shall dwell in the house of God. Some of us come to this place on Sundays. Ask somebody, when and when do you come around? Ask somebody. <laughs> Holy Sundays. Love for the house of God. And then finally, love for people. You love people. You love people. You love people. And this one, I want to be hard on all those who are at my level. You love people. You see, if you want to maltreat people, don't maltreat the children of God. If you want to maltreat people, eh? you want to be mean towards people, don't tempt the children of God. You see, it's very dangerous because you see the lady to be single, in, I mean, individual, standing in front of you. But there is a strong power behind her, and that is the Almighty God. So when you are practicing that, those kind of manipulation in the church, and nobody sees you, nobody thinks about it, and nobody wants to talk to you about you are treading on a line that is dangerous. One day, you face God face to face. Love for people. You say you love the girl and you ended up raping her. Is that one love? Love for people. You say you love the guy, you love the guy, you have ended up seducing him. Is that one love? This one they told me to come and see, so I'm telling you. <laughs> love for people. If you love God, you love people. If you're in this house, and all that you know is yourself, it's yourself, your people, when somebody comes to close to you, and we have those experiences around. People come around you, and they cannot penetrate. You have blocked yourself from people. You don't love people. You hear a little thing about you, you want to scream to the roof. Are you in love with Jesus? I know around this time your heart is burning so we can pray. In love with Jesus. All things work together to them that love God. All things work together to them that love God. All things work together to them that love God.